0: think of surfing. In order to catch the best waves, you need to swim through some turbulence as water crashes on top of you. Launching and growing a business is similar. You will get out to the fun part. Just know that challenges or turbulence is part of the journey. Today's guest had success on Kickstarter and got a deal with Damon John on Shark Tank. He shares some of his turbulence he learned from, but also some of the big successes. It's really a fun and inspiring story. Are you looking for new ways to make your sales grow? You've tried other podcasts, but they don't seem to know. Harvest the growth potential of your product or service as we share stories and strategies that'll make your competitors nervous. Now, here's the host of the Harvest Growth Podcast, John LeClaire. I'm excited to have on the show with us today Hans Dose. He's the founder of Tentacle, which is a really cool product. He's going to be able to describe it much better than me. But I do encourage everyone, after you listen to this interview, go check out his website, tentacle.com. It's T-E-N-I-K-L-E. It's in the show notes, of course. If you're driving, pick it up after the show. But Hans, I, w- I would love, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank I, you. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Can, can you tell us more about what is the tentacle? How does it work? And how'd you come up with the idea?
1: Yeah, so Tentacle is bendable legs and suction cups that allow you to mount phones, cameras, tablets, anything, anywhere. Uh, it's designed to look like an or based off of an octopus and it allows you to mount phones, cameras, tablets. It's your car mount, your bike mount, your tripod, your selfie stick. It's like an all-in-one third hand for all your devices. Uh, and I guess how I came up with it, uh, it's it was one of those... Situations where you go on a hike, or you, you know, in this case, it was a hike. Um, you go somewhere to take a photo and you didn't bring a tripod because why are you thinking about bringing a tripod on a hike? Uh, prop my phone up on some rocks and falls over, cracks the screen. Okay, so go into my car, put my phone on my car mount, and I'm thinking, well, this car mount is right here. This holds my phone. Why couldn't that also have been my tripod? Uh, so Really, that was the, the first start of it is, well, how can I put suction cups on my tripod so that it could be both things? Uh, and then when I made prototypes and I, I was mixing material in the garage and like physically making prototypes at my house, uh, I would give it to some friends and family, let them try it out. And every person that I gave it to had this like light bulb moment where they t- they thought of something totally different to use it for that it was not designed for. So people were using it. For their tablets, um, suctioning it to a wall or a window, um, so they could watch things, or um, using it, it, it fun things like holding your your glass up, like suctioning it to a to a beer bottle and holding your your glass of it. And it was just a, it, I realized it was a really fun product, and it was something I I just knew I needed to do uh, because it was ubiquitous and it served so many different functions.
0: Yeah, I, and I I love the versatility of it. I, I think you've shared a good point already that as we develop ideas, a lot of times we do so in a vacuum. Like, what do I need as the inventor of this product, right? And that's great. That's a starting point. But once mm-hmm. you start that development and you involve friends and family, like you said, they're going to come up with other uses for the product. Many of which yep. you probably never thought about, and and sometimes those become the primary, right? Like, holy yep. cow, that's what's really going to sell our product. You, you know, you got a great idea. They sometimes make it better right or or certainly include in the in the marketing messaging now early on in your story too as i understand you sold your home and moved into an rv to help fund the investment behind this business is that right
1: yeah so uh had to had to move into an rv it was more of a um things aren't going so well but i don't want to give up on this dream and i have an incredibly supportive wife um and that was right during the, the period where I was interviewing for Shark Tank. Um, and we just thought, you know what, why not? Let's let's uh, give this another shot. Um, and I, I guess I could segue into what I was having problems with that forced us into the situation that we had to do that. Um, supply chain, it was right during COVID, uh, supply chain, everyone was feeling it um, and you know, we had POs that were out. We had product that was, uh, that needed to come in and we just couldn't get the product in. So we had to air freight all this product. We had to, uh, it, it, the cost went up significantly, uh, not just with air freight, but getting China, our factory there to produce it in time. Uh, and then product still ended up late. So we lost out on, you know, good, good amount of dollars there. And essentially kind of, ran dry at one point um and yeah so we we sold the farm and we um it, actually we were we were renting at the time so i do want to correct you we, we didn't sell our house uh but we decided you know what we just got to make this thing work and we're gonna put everything into it and so we moved into an rv to make it happen yeah it's crazy
0: well, and shout out to you, you know, before we do these podcast interviews, we always do preparation beforehand uh, to kind of, you know, get a, a, an understanding on the question or direction we're going to go in. And uh, on the first question we asked you, your wife was a part of your answer. And so, you know, just how important she is in your life. Yep. And, and I think that's a great, a great point to bring across for spouses or significant others, that as we have them in our lives. If we're entrepreneurs, inventors, founders, they're, it's so important that they're supportive, right? Without that, mm-hmm. we can't succeed. They are definitely a part of the journey. Whether they're involved in the day-to-day or not, they are they are a part of the journey for sure. And Absolutely. When-
1: I I would say it makes you want to make it happen even more in that case. Uh I with for me, you know, her sacrificing as much as she did to make this happen, I knew I needed to make it happen. There's, you know, there's no we just had to make it work. So Having that kind of over your head, and in some sense, um, having that support of someone who you know fully believes in you, it it would definitely have stung if it didn't work out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So when when you've got a a supportive spouse like that, and like you said, you've invested so much emotionally into it as well as the partnership you have. At some, you know, they got a lot of trials along the way and we need that support, but you've yep. also had a lot of successes. What was the first, mm-hmm. I would say, big breakthrough success you had as a business?
1: I'd say just as a business, it was our Kickstarter launch. Uh, hmm. That was kind of the, uh, in, at the end of 2017, I created a, a minimum viable product. It was Gen 1. Uh, looking back at it now, it was not that great of a product. We've since improved it quite significantly. Uh, But I knew I needed to start somewhere. And I just wanted to test the market and see, do people really want this? Uh, And so launching the Kickstarter, our goal was about $30,000. Between Kickstarter and Indiegogo and some online sales, we ended up doing about $172,000 in in total commitments. And to me, I mean, that was okay. You know, this is is successful to be able to bootstrap something and, and get that much out of the first go around. I just knew needed to keep working on it. And yeah, here we are. Um, I think we've sold over a hundred thousand units to date. Uh, and yeah, we're doing, it's fun. It is That's a, awesome. It is hard. It's very hard, but it's fun. What Especially yeah. once you get those little wins. Yeah.
0: And you're now on gen five. Is that right? That was gen yeah. one
1: in Kickstarter. That was gen one. Then we, uh, and we shipped Gen 1 and then uh, we updated it a little bit, um, Gen 2, but it was still made of thermoplastics. I wanted to move away from plastics uh, for both ecological reasons and because uh, you could actually get better performance out of silicone. So that we moved from, and by performance, I'm talking about the the suction. uh, There's a huge science behind suction cups and that was super important to get right. So then we moved over to silicone um, and we've done a few iterations of the silicone uh, we had issues at one point with the metal breaking inside uh, we've way over engineered the the actual metal that's inside now and it, it's indestructible uh, have yet to break the newest version of the tentacle 360 v2 360 which is what we're shipping um, currently so yeah it's been quite a, it's iteration after iteration to get it just better and better and better. And then the 360 has, essentially it's like a fourth arm. So it allows you to uh, rotate your device into any situation you need.
0: It is cool. And Hans has a great video on his website that shows a comparison between, I think it's Gen 1 or an earlier generation versus Gen 5, holding up a surfboard where it does a good job with with Gen 1, but eventually falls off. And then with Gen 5, you just cannot shake that thing. How, How much stronger the suction is. It's a great demonstration of that, but it also speaks to, you know, so often inventors want to wait for Gen 5, right? They want to wait until everything's perfect before bringing it to market. And Mm -hmm. really, in reality, there is no Gen 5, to use your example, right? Yeah. Without a Gen 1, right? So part of that journey is learning after you launch, right? It's learning because you're going to get feedback from consumers after launch and it's okay not to be perfect. It has to be good, right? Mm -hmm. Directionally workable, et cetera, but it's Mm -hmm. okay to have those improvements and really improve along the way
1: you got to create the market first you know see if there's a market for it and do that and you you can't do that with the best product you have to start somewhere and it it allows you to lower your acquisition costs as you move down the line as well because you're always going to market better to the people who've already purchased from your your first production runs so if you make it better and you know you, you talk about the improvements then you're likely to get your fans that order those earlier ones to upgrade to the better versions.
0: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, good point. Good point. So uh, let's fast, fast forward a little bit. You, know, you got into Shark Tank a little later, as you've mentioned.
1: Yeah. Uh, first of all, how
0: did, how did the experience go? How did you, how'd you like being on Shark Tank?
1: It was incredible. I would say that um, part of me blacked out most of what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it was very much uh, wild. And my story of getting on there, maybe it's a bit too long of a story, but it was a fight. So I think that's, um, if there's anything really to be, I guess, um, proud of, of that whole experience is that I actually got there and it was tooth and nail to, I had my spot taken away and then I fought for it back. Uh, I, I, it was such a process uh, with due diligence in the business. uh, I found all these problems with my accounting that I had to go back and redo and just be super um, tied on that i had taxes issues that i had to take care of it just goes to show like this one man band that i've been doing for so long uh, you can only get so far you really got to have your stuff organized yeah. um but you got to start somewhere so just go for it right uh but yeah it was it was quite the experience and i i would have been happy with any of the sharks but i will say that i had in my mind, already envisioned me getting a deal with Damon, and I. That's that was what happened. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, and you had uh, two offers. It's a great clip, by the way. You know, Google, you can find videos for all of these Shark Tank earrings if you haven't seen Hans on the episode. He does a great job. I love hey. the props you brought out. We're super energetic, really fun to see. So, Thank I encourage you. the audience go check it out as well. Why do you think? So you got two offers, but Mm -hmm. why specifically Damon John, the one that ended up working with you and investing in you? Why do you think he chose to work with you?
1: Um, I think that he related a lot of his own experiences with a lot of the challenges that I was facing at the time. Uh, I I think he could see that you know I was uh, how do you say it? I had the hoods, but to get it done. and my reasonings for things not going so well wasn't because of my efforts. So it wasn't because of what I was not doing, but it was, you know, circumstantial. And then on top of that, I think my honesty about everything, any investor in any realm, doesn't matter if you're on Shark Tank or you're just talking to your aunt and uncle or your, your family or your friends or a you know a, a serious investor doing a series A round they want to see that you're truthful. They want to get in business with someone who's going to be straightforward and upfront and honest. And sometimes those hard conversations, if you can get that out the way on the, at the first get-go and you still have them, it's going to end up being a way better relationship long-term. And I, I do think that you know, my openness and honesty about where I was at and not faking the funk uh, really led to, to that uh, relationship to, to start there and, and go as well as it, it's been going.
0: It's, it's good advice. Again, you know, not all of our listeners are going to be on Shark Tank or right. even want to, right? But that's that's great advice, whether Shark Tank is your ultimate goal or investors or whatever it might be and bringing partners in your business or even marketing mm-hmm. and sales messaging you work towards. That's a great combination. You said honesty and chutzpah. I'll have to look up the spelling of chutzpah to make sure I get that right in the show notes. Yeah. I know the word. Like, I've never written that down. <laughs> I hope I did that right in my notes, but I'll double check that to get our show notes. Uh, but great, great advice. You know, you mentioned along the way you've had some challenges too, right? So those are a couple mm-hmm. of big successes on Kickstarter and Shark Tank. But like everybody else, with successes or before successes sometimes come some challenges. So what's right. been maybe the biggest challenge you faced in your business or in your marketing?
1: You know, um, I could say that it's a, a real tangible challenge. Um, I think every business is going to have its own tangible challenges. I'd say the biggest one has been the uh, the not straying from the path and just continuing to go forward um, and not losing sight of uh, of that end of the tunnel. You know, I, I think so many entrepreneurs, um, especially solopreneurs and inventors, they get started on something and and there's going to be challenge after challenge after challenge. And eventually it's just it's so deflating. It's like, why am I even still doing this? Um, and I would say that that was the biggest challenge in this um, was I mean I'm not changing the world I have a really cool product that people love and and impacts them in a small way but uh, you know I, I really think that continuing on the path no matter how hard things were getting being smart about it reasonable I was lucky enough to have such an incredibly supportive wife that was like yeah let's do it you know we're gonna go for it and I don't have kids um, yet uh, so that was nice to not have that other responsibility but you know just continuing on and no matter how hard things were getting i i would say that was the biggest challenge is just continue going or yeah. no matter what it took yeah
0: yeah and and that's good advice because the challenges are different for everybody but we do know one thing every business is going to face them right we all get right. challenges especially in the early days i mean you know they stick with us it's part of that's part of running a business, right? there's it's the you get the fun part, you get the challenge as well and and mm-hmm. you, if you've got the hooks, but I keep going and continue through it, yeah. then then you can really make a success out of it. Yeah. So what are the what are the next steps for your business?
1: Uh, so we are now finally getting in onto some shelves in retail. So uh, penetrating the retail market has been a bit of a slow start because it was uh, difficult it, well, actually, we just started six months ago, so not not too slow. Uh, but finally, um, entering some major retailers, um, and it's a lot of setup, you know, you may have a product ready to go and they, uh, a buyer would be excited to carry it in their store, but you know, that that's just the first part. There's a million other steps that come after that. Um, so yeah, we're, we're penetrating the retail space, brick and mortar and, um, opening our distribution up to get it out there in the hands of. People,
0: that's exciting. Encourage everyone to go to watch for it in retail. But in the meantime, of course, check out his website again: Tentacle, dot com. Hans, are are there any resources that you you recommend? Any books, podcasts, etc. that have been helpful along your journey?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, there's a there's a class. It's called Invent Right. Um, this was a pretty cool. So, what they do is they it's actually somewhat affordable too. It's, it's pretty cheap, uh, but it teaches you all the steps that you need to be able to license a product. So um, from even coming up with an idea to uh, how to how, what is really needed to get a product into retail, uh, and their route is licensing. Uh, I actually did work with them uh later after i had acquired some debt i'm like okay i gotta offload the like what do i do here and i thought of the option of licensing i ended up not taking that route and i ended up continuing doing it the way i'm doing it now uh which worked out but it's an incredibly more it's a less risk highly effective way to get um any product i know people that they built their entire business out of product licensing. So they come up with great ideas, they do a great pitch, they come up with all the things needed, and they sell it to other companies to sell it for them, and they get a royalty. And it's a great business model. If if you think about it that way, that could be your business model. Uh, But this company, InventRight, um, it has so many good resources in there. That was actually pretty helpful for me uh, during that phase that I was doing that. And then it really helped inform a lot of my other decisions on the product itself. So I, I highly encourage checking that out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll put that in the show notes as well. It's a good, I'm very familiar with those guys. And if licensing is your goal, they're yeah. you know, a good resource. And like you said, you, know, you, you didn't go down the licensing route, but still yep. you can still get tools and, and learnings from, from organizations like that along the way. Well, Hans, is there, is there anything I didn't ask that you think would be helpful for our audience?
1: Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think if there is anything and I, I, no, <laughs> just go <laughs> for it. I'd say I, I not asking anything, uh, a comment I would make is, uh, the stuff is tough, but it's really rewarding and it's really fun. Um, and I guess I would, I'm going to do an analogy. How's that? I surfed You can see my surfboard in the background, um, growing up in the water a fun part, that was also the hardest worst part of surfing is just getting totally pounded as you're paddling out or you wipe out and you get held under and it's, it's not fun, but if you change your mindset on it and you think of, okay, how do I get out of this situation? How do I, you know, just paddle through this? Or I think that is kind of a a good way to look at business a little bit because every business, like we talked about earlier, is going to get hit with a ton of different things. And uh, just getting in the mindset of, okay, this is fun, actually, like these challenges are actually fun. Uh, it, it helps you to not think of yourself as a victim when things are, are going tough, and it allows you to, you know, kind of get excited about, about the next challenges that are going to come, because there's always going to be something.
0: I, I love that analogy because you think about, you know, you've got a I'm not a surf, so correct if I'm wrong in the way the wording I use, but in order to get out to the good waves, right? As you mentioned, you're swimming, you're getting waves crashing on you, you got to dive under. And each one of those, you know, could be a challenge and could be a pain. But you, because you surf, you you get out. You know what you're going to expect when you get out there, right? You know there's right. that wave out there, and it, with business too, you you know you're going to hit challenges. And if you just realize that as you start your journey, that it's not going to be easy. You don't start out in the middle of the ocean by the big exactly. waves, right? You got to get out there.
1: You Once you do, up.
0: it's awesome. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just part of the journey. Great, great way to describe that. Thank you. And So I would I do want to encourage everyone, please uh, go visit tentacle.com. If you use promo code HARVESTGROWTH, all one word, a lowercase, you'll get a 10% discount off of your purchase. And be sure to check out harvestgrowth.com to see other episodes we've recorded. If you like this episode, you want to learn more about how you can profitably grow your own consumer product business, please subscribe to our show and be sure to leave us a review. Hans, again, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you, this was fun.